Welcome to Parenting in Acadia, a podcast brought to you by Woman's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. Thank you so much for being here this morning, Ms. Kendra. Welcome to Parenting in Acadiana. Thank you for having me on your show. Okay, Ms. Kendra, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your background and who you are. Well, let's see. I currently teach the puberty classes over at Women's Foundation. And a little bit about my background, and this is what I share with a lot of the kids and the parents that come to this program. I let them know that this was kind of a passion of mine when I went to college. I graduated with a degree in psychology and went on to get a master's in in human relations and supervision and counseling. And when I was in college, I did a lot of human sexuality classes and family classes. And I guess that all started because when I was um, a young girl myself, I came from a big family. I guess being in a big, big family, everybody thought that each other told each other about what we're talking about, the birds and the bees or uh, the talk. And so I really didn't get that conversation from anybody in my family, really. And so when I started going through those changes, like most teenagers today, you feel uh, weird. What's going on with my body? Am I dying? Just all kinds of confusion that's gone on in your head. And so when I got to college, a a part of my goal was, okay, I would love to be a teacher in the school system on human sexuality for kids. That isn't what I ended up doing back then. I went on to be a uh, counselor in an adolescent psych unit, and then I worked with foster kids and their parents. So I've had a lot of background with adolescents. It's probably my favorite age group to work with. And then once I had my own children, I decided to come home and be there. But all along that time of even being home, I really haven't stopped really learning about the human body and appreciating it and and feeling real comfortable with, you know, once you have that knowledge of comfortable with who I am and being able to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'm also currently teaching childbirth classes, and I've been doing that for 18 years. So I kind of span from adolescence on into people having children and helping them to understand their body so that they come to understand their body and then not fear what's going on with their body, but to embrace their body and to have faith that their body really was made to do the things that it's doing. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I'm so glad that you have that passion because a lot of times parents feel very uncomfortable talking to their children about puberty. And that's what we want to talk about. Could you help our parents with some tips on how to talk to their children about puberty? So first, tell us what is puberty? Well, it's really funny. Parents often think, okay, this is the time of my child's life that I want to run away. (laughs) They, you know, they have to have the talk. They have to discuss this. Okay. My, my child sometimes doesn't want to hear it. It's, it's a very awkward time for most kids. Some kids withdraw because they don't um, understand what's going on. I know for me, my children now are um, 22 and about to be 19. And 
I know that through all my education stuff that instead of looking at this as a time when most of your children are pushing away, I knew that it was a time of kind of confusion and wondering what's going on and their brains are changing as well as their bodies. And so they're starting to think and reason and compare their bodies to others and what others are saying. And so I knew that when I went into that, I didn't want to go into it with hands off. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be hands-on. Right, right. And so when I talk to parents, I try to tell them, press into your children. Press into them. If they have questions, any kind of question, I mean, it could be at 8 years old, 9 years old, if they're starting to see differences in bodies, then answer their questions openly and honestly. The first thing they're going to start doing is noticing that your body looks different. And so I know when my kids would say, you know, notice a body like mine that's bigger than theirs in certain areas, I would simply say to them, well, one day you're going to go through these changes too, and you're going to look more like me. And so even though it was eight or nine and they didn't understand it, it was still a seed planted in their brain of, okay, this is a natural progression in my life. And so really when they start asking questions, to me is when they're ready. Right. That's the time to start having this conversation with them. Yes. And to be open and honest with them. Right. Because they're going to hear things Mm -hmm. at school. They're going to see things. And when they come home, they want those questions answered. Because when they go back to school, they don't want to look foolish in front of their friends if they don't have the right answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some of the signs, Ms. Kendra, that parents should start to look for? Well, I think the first signs are them asking because that kind of comes before all the bodily signs. That's almost like a telltale sign before the body starts to change because those are things that are unseen. Mm-hmm. But because they're asking, they're starting to notice those things. It could be that the hormones already are starting to be produced in their body, which it's not just physical characteristics that we see. The brain actually makes a change in puberty. It grows. And so as it's growing, reasoning and logic starts to take place as well. So we may not see the bodily changes, but because they're asking, they're starting to notice those changes. And they're starting to reason out, well, I don't look like that person. Or, you know, my friend is, you know, their body is starting to change. Mine isn't. And so if you can just answer the questions, then they're not feeling like, okay, well, I'm not changing. There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. We don't want them ever to feel there's something wrong with me because there really isn't. Exactly. So if I have a child and I do have a son who completely runs away from this topic, as a parent, how can I breach this subject? And how can I talk to him and communicate with him on his level so that he can understand this is a natural part of life? How can you reach that introverted child? That introverted child? um, By always being um, open to them, to let them know. I know I did this with both of my children. I had one, believe it or not, the boy. He came to me and we sat down and had the whole talk, which was great. And you would have thought that my girl would have been the one to come have the talk, but um, she really didn't. She knew it. And so I just left it open to her, just like I did to him. You know, you know they're going to go out, they're going to hear things. And I said, "Um, I will always be open and honest with you about anything that you hear. And you may even come home and say things to me that I've never heard of. 
And then I say this in the class as well, because sometimes we as parents, they think we know it all, and we really don't. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be that transparent with your kids and say, I may not know. And so if you come home and I don't have that answer, we're going to find it together. Like we're going to seek it out because it's better for you to have knowledge so you can make important decisions and choices in your life than not to know. So I've always left the door open to my kids Mm -hmm. to come and to come and ask because this can be a very exciting time but it can also be a very challenging time particularly for the parents because we have anxiety sometimes we don't know exactly what to say or we don't want to talk to them too soon and we don't want to wait until it's too late so tell us a couple of things that that we should do as far as maybe finding resources for them or attending some classes how can that ease the anxiety for parents Well, I'm here also representing the Women's Foundation, and over there I teach two, well, I teach several classes, but two of the most important classes are the Body Talk for girls, and it is all girls. We separate the girls and guys because the body is making different changes at this time of life, And, and I also teach Beyond Body Talk. And we do those in the class as well, like we do outreaches and go to the schools, but for me my favorite is actually teaching at the foundation because the girls sometimes they come with just their mom and it could be either parent and sometimes they come with a group of friends and there when I start the class I tell them that what it says is body talk and so this really is a talk it's a conversation Yes, I'm going to give them the knowledge about their body and what's going on with it, but I'm really there to open the communication, that communication kind of gap, you know, that awkwardness mm. that's between them and me at first. And so I, I, I do a lot of humorous things with them to kind of break the ice and to kind of get them to relax a little bit. And then I engage both the kids as well as their moms. And if you can get everybody talking, I have just noticed in all the classes that I teach, they come in nervous, and I immediately address that. They're nervous. I'm nervous, okay? The, the parents, parents are, are nervous. nervous. Yeah. Everybody's nervous. So everybody, when I say, who's nervous? Everybody raises their hands, mm-hmm. including me, and I'm the instructor. <laughs> and so, and I let them know, yeah, this is, you know, I don't know you. It's an uncomfortable topic. It's supposed to be a private topic, but it's really not a private topic in this group setting so that we can all realize that we are all girls. We all go through these changes, and it's okay. And your mom's already been there, and she's the best person to always go to to ask all those critical questions Mm -hmm. because – the ultimate goal to me in teaching all these classes is to build that that relationship between that mom, that daughter, and then also in the family. And why is that relationship so important to be um, to be developed when it comes to this topic? Why do you feel that? This is the hardest. All parents will say this that they dread these years. This is the hardest of the years. And I address this in the class. A lot of times your kids will say, um, leave me alone. And they go in the room and they shut their door. And um, I know that, you know, our society might say, yeah, it's their time to be independent. Let them go. But I don't, I don't ever say that. I always say, you know, you see your child and they closed off. Go in. 
walk in that room, go address the issue. They may say, get out, and say, I'm coming back. You know, then they know that you're walking through this difficult time of life with them. So give us some practical step-by-step answers that parents can use, some tips. How do you be there for your child? Maybe just a couple of things that we want to keep in mind when we're discussing puberty. I know you mentioned always be open and honest and transparent with them, but what else can they do to kind of breach this subject and break the ice? Of just the subject of of puberty or Uh just in general with um, relationship in general? Uh Basically about puberty and body development and what's going on with their bodies at this point. Um. I think really just having always that open communication. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and most kids will say this, that trust is developed. And so always being available to your child is always, to me, the very first and foremost. Um, When you get off of work, if you're a working parent, um, you know, you may not have time to have meals together, but at least to spend some quality time every day just finding out about each other's day Um, and I talk about this in class too it it means putting aside your work leaving it behind leaving that cell phone behind when you go to sit down with your child it's just you and them and you ask them to kind of put their cell phone away and and then you just really have an engaged conversation how was your day you know who who were you you know, what did you do today? Who were you involved with today? How did that, you know, and start talking about those relationships so that mm-hmm. we can help them walk through even those relationships of life. Mm-hmm. So what is going on with our children during puberty? And at what age does it begin? It begins earlier for girls than boys by about two years. For girls, you'll see them start asking questions, maybe even see some body changes at around 8 or 9. So for boys, it's going to be more like 9 or 10. You'll see the bodily changes that we've all seen. You'll see growth spurts. You will see body, hair. You'll see the zits, all the things we're self-conscious of. You know, our body changes, our hips, our chest, our voice, Mm -hmm. all those awkward things that are going on. Beyond that, I also mentioned that there's a lot of, along with the physical growth, there's also brain development Mm -hmm. that's going on where a child is really starting to have logic, reason, and starting to understand that there are consequences to everything that goes on in life, including behave you know their own behaviors and their own choices that they're making now you know in the next year and the next year and onward that will make a difference for the rest of their lives so do you think puberty is more difficult for girls than boys or do you think it's just it's it's kind of the same for both of them personally I feel like it's the same for both I think our bodies go through different changes that we need to embrace as the changes that of who we are. Um, I mean, girls go, you know, you'll hear girls say, oh, they have it easy. But in the second body talk, I do talk about some of those boy changes. And sometimes I go a little beyond what's on the PowerPoint. I ask the parents, are you okay with me explaining some of the things that go on with boys' bodies? 
so that the girls can understand that they have some things that are awkward and difficult, but also that they can respect the other sex and understand that although our bodies aren't the same and do the same thing, we have some similarities, but because one's boy, one girl, there are differences. And when boys understand what girls are going through and girls understand the difference in a boy, then you can respect the other person. That's right. You know, and Mm -hmm. not be like, you know, you have it easier or Mm -hmm. I'm going to blame you for this or, Mm -hmm. you know, they understand that. Right. They're they're different, and we think different. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about some of those changes that actually occur in boys and then also some of the changes that occur in girls? Well, I mentioned the, the main ones that happen between both boys and girls, but, I mean, girls go through menstruation because of the hormones that girls develop. You know, during this time, they do get more emotional, So how they feel about themselves and their friends and the way they view the world is through a different set of eyeglasses than, I guess, boys. Boys have different hormones that are going through their body. And so the way they think and they reason is very different in the way that girls do because they're not as emotional. They become more rational in their thought processes. And so when you kind of cover both aspects – then a guy doesn't think, oh, she's so emotional. He understands it's part of her makeup. It's who she is. I know in my own family, you know, when it's that time of the month, because we've been so open and discussed it, um, the guys in my family are like, okay, it's that time of the month. Be really nice. <laughs> Offer her chocolate. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be, you know, just uplift us they mm-hmm. uplift us and they they'll say you know it's usually a time a girl will look in the mirror 10,000 times and change their outfit 50 and the hair's awful and the makeup looks bad even though you did the same thing only a week ago to yourself and there really was no change but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it's nice when the guy understands that and he because uh-huh. then he's like you look fine and they applaud you and they uplift you and and to me, that's that's what it's about. It, that's what it's about in a family. Mm-hmm. The guys understand what's going on with the girl's body, and the girls understand what's going on with the guy's body. Then, um, then there's a, a mutual respect and an uplifting going through these years, than than making fun of or putting down or not really understanding. Right. There's a lot more stuff like with boys because I do go into um, in the class I talk to girls about um, dating a little bit and about dances and you know I talk about slow dancing and what would be appropriate and what wouldn't and why. What are some of the resources that parents can utilize when talking to their children about puberty? Um, Are there any books that you recommend or any websites or anything that you've learned? Well, I always recommend the class at the Women's Foundation, and I know that over there, if you call them, they probably have some books and some resources that are available. I really, I I love working with the Women's Foundation because everything that they've looked into is, is, is great resources. And the classes, oh. I mean, I would, I would definitely say um, if you want to open communication between you and your child to definitely come to those classes because it gives 
it gives both an opportunity to put down the awkwardness, to mm-hmm. just lay that to rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people that I've seen later or they've called into Women's Foundation and said it was neat that when they got in the car, the conversation opened up. And um, one time I had a mom call or come back and say she got home and she said to her dad something to the effect of, is that really what goes on? Is that really how you feel? Is this really how? And so that that alone for a child to go back home and say to not just their mom, and this was a girl, but also to her dad, to me that opened up communication not just with the mom, but it opened up to the dad and the whole family and broke down a barrier that really shouldn't be there in a family. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's awesome. If the parents are not talking about puberty at home and giving them the realistic and honest answers, then they're going to rely on what they hear from the peers. And more than likely, it's not going to be the correct information. No, and then they're going to do what their peers are doing. Mm -hmm. What myths have you heard about puberty and, and how can parents just dispel those myths. I know they can talk about it and they can be open, but a lot of kids just don't understand what's happening in their body. And I remember one young lady told us that she heard from one of her friends when she's on her menstrual cycle, she should not eat. So she was not eating when she was on her cycle. Her parents didn't talk about it. So she just assumed that what her friend was saying was true. So those are the kind of things that are misconceptions and and what have you heard in your career working with adolescents about the about this particular topic I I know that when we're in the class I leave it wide open for them to ask any questions that they have anything they've heard so that we can talk about it Anything else, Ms. Kendra, you think that is important for parents um, anymore? I know you were very good about the open communication because that's basically the number one thing. That is my number one thing. Um, that is why I teach this class. It, it really is. It's so that um, the kids and their parents come and you can open that communication. Um, I work at the college and... Um, I'm always talking with my students, and um, these are college kids, and I have a lot of college kids that um, they're girls, and they have children, and they're not married. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the things that really hurt my heart is to hear some of my students say, um, when you date somebody, it's just expected that you're having that kind of relationship with them. A sexual relationship. A sexual relationship. And um, I don't know at what point, if it's from the very beginning Mm -hmm. that it's expected. Mm -hmm. I'm not that age anymore. So, but that was the impression I got from her. She just said, it's sad that that's, that's what your peers are saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when we sit down with these kids and we talk to them about their bodies, um, about the consequences of pregnancy and um, the fact that a lot of times girls are left to raise kids on their own and how difficult it is or if they don't get pregnant there's consequences of STDs which teaching a class this week a child asked me what is STDs and I was like okay and I explained it's a sexually transmitted disease and this is how it's caught and 
you know, for them to think that, oh, just because I'm protecting myself, I'm safe from that when they're really not, and there's really nothing out there that's 100%. So to explain those things to them um, makes them realize that there are consequences and it could happen to them. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do, when I'm talking, I, a lot of times I'll bring up real, I never use names, but I will bring up real life situations of things that kids have said to me over the years of uh, things that they regret or um, a teenage girl getting pregnant and how that happened. You know, how one thing led to the other and she didn't mean, but it happened. And so we talk about those things and then I talk to them about how to not find themselves in that situation, how to purpose your life ahead of time. Because a lot of these kids do have goals of going to college and having careers like a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or, you know, whatever, school teacher, and how things change when you don't make the right choices because you went along with what your peers were telling you to do. And I don't think any parent out there wishes that on their child. Um, But to me, the greatest way you can help combat that really is to get in the trenches with them, That's right. to be there for them, mm-hmm. to come to these classes, to open those doors, to discuss these things. And kids are going to say, I don't want to hear it, but you go, well, I'm not trying to stop you from going and having fun. I just want you to see and be aware, okay, and to, to walk out there and have your eyes open and be able to know that all your choices or the choices your friends make can have those consequences, and it could be for you too. That's right. And I just thank you so much, Miss Kendra. You did an excellent job. Thank you so much for your time, your expertise. And if anyone is interested, Women's Foundation does offer puberty classes. It's a series that we offer. It's our first body talk class for nine to 11 year olds, then beyond body talk for 12 to 14 years old, and then our uh, sex truth and consequences class for those 15 and older. So thank you again, Miss Kendra. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening, parents. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, Parenting in Acadiana Podcast. Um, It's available on SoundCloud, iTunes,